All right, well, today we are concluding our series called Nexus Now. We are wrapping it up today. We have been in this series um, all summer. And so, I, I, you know, um, I've been hearing a lot of good feedback. I know personally uh, I've been enjoying it and, and, and I'm, I'm thankful for the feedback that I've heard uh, that people have been as well. Uh, and it's just a blessing, you know, just to look at this and the timing of it where that where we've been, you know, as a church, as we transitioned um, and, and as a country with so much that was going through in our community and what um, we don't have to wait and look to what's going to happen next because next is now. Amen. The Lord's doing something now right here in our midst, and it's exciting. So you can turn with me your Bible to Joshua chapter 24, the last chapter. Again, we, we hit, uh, we were in chapter 24 last week, and as I said, I'm going to conclude today in the last chapter of Joshua. And as we read uh, last week, uh, I read part of Joshua's farewell speech that he gave to Israel before he died uh, in that first part of Joshua 24, I showed you three facts of God's faithfulness. We were just singing of God's faithfulness again. Three facts of God's faithfulness. We got to remember God chose you. God can deliver you and God will guide you. Amen. And I showed how he did all these three for Israel, but he also does these for us as well. So if you're in Joshua 24, turn with me to verse 14. Joshua 24, 14 through 31 is what we're going to read. And is where we're going to camp out today and conclude this series. Joshua 24, 14 says this. So fear the Lord. This is Joshua speaking. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshiped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. The people replied, we would never abandon the Lord and serve other gods. For the Lord, our God, is the one who rescued us and our ancestors from slavery in the land of Egypt. That's what we talked about last week. God delivered the Israelites and, and he wants to deliver you. He performed mighty miracles before our very eyes as we traveled through the wilderness and among our enemies. He preserved us. It was the Lord who drove out the Amorites and the other nations living here in the land. So we too will serve the Lord, for he alone is our God. Then Joshua warned the people, you are not able to serve the Lord, for he is holy and a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. If you abandon the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn away, or he will turn against you and destroy you, even though he has been so good to you. Let me pause here because as I was reading over my notes again this morning, I want to clarify. He was saying he will not reveal, re forgive your rebellion and your sin if you continue to turn to idols. Okay, that's what he was saying. Like God is always, we see it, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin. In the context, he's saying if you turn to idols and you continue to do this, he's not going to continue to forgive you if you continue to go back and do what you were doing. Amen? But the people answered Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. You are a witness to our own decision, Joshua said. You are a witness to your own decision, Joshua said. You have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, they replied. We are witnesses to what we have said. All right, then Joshua said, destroy the idols among you and turn your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord our God. We will obey him alone. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day at Shechem, committing to follow the decrees and regulations of the Lord. And you remember last week I talked about how important Shechem was. It wasn't a random place he was giving this speech to. It was a place where God had done many things. They had entered into covenants there. And so it was, this was holy ground where he was, he made another covenant with them right here. Joshua recorded these things in the book of God's instructions. 
As a reminder of their agreement, he took a huge stone and wrote it beneath the terabith tree beside the tabernacle of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, This stone has heard everything the Lord said to us. It will be a witness to testify against you if you go back on your word to God. Then Joshua sent all the people away to their homelands. After this, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. They buried him in the land he had been allocated at Timoth Sarit in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gaish. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua, of the elders who outlived him, those who had personally experienced all the Lord had done for Israel. Isn't it great to personally experience, even this morning, what the Lord's doing? Amen? Let's pray over our time in the Word. Father, we thank you that we get to personally experience what you're doing on the earth right now. Just as these, the Israelites and Joshua and all those beyond, Lord God, experience mighty miracles and powerful outpourings of your Spirit, your presence, and your provision, Lord God, we thank you today you're doing the same thing. Now help us as we dive into your word, that Lord God, you would speak to us, speak to me and through me. Help me to clearly, Lord God, just unfold your word today. Holy Spirit, give us the grace to apply it. We come against any distractions and any hindrances of the enemy. We take authority over this place and over our time today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. The key word in this section of scripture is what? Serve, right? We will serve the Lord. It's used 13 times in the verses we just read. The word serve. He said, either you're going to serve the Lord, serve someone else. Serve is the key word this morning. So what does it mean to serve the Lord? Well, in general, to serve the Lord means to fear him. And that word fear is a, is a reverential fear. It's to reverence God. It's to respect God. Not to, not to call or, or act like the things of God are common. That's why even this morning, I just, there was a reverent awe of His presence, right? We don't want to take for granted and just, you know, uh, God's my buddy or, you know, this kind of stuff. Jesus is my homeboy. I mean, it may be funny for a t-shirt, but that's irreverent in my opinion. We want to make sure that that we reverence the Lord, right? Jesus is our friend, and I get that just a little, but we need to we need to make sure we reverence. That's what fear means. Fear him, obey him, and worship only him. And that's what Joshua was honing in on with the Israelites. He warned them, he rebuked them. He said, Hey, listen, though you can't serve any other gods, no idols except for him. That's what serving him means. And it also means to love him and fix your heart on him. It's obeying him because you want to and not because you have to. That's what serving the Lord means. See, it's serving. It's not, it's not, he's not making us do anything, right? That's why we call it our serve team here because you're, you're, you're being willing to serve. We're not making you. We can't make you do anything. You have a full time job, a busy life, but you choose to show up here every Wednesday and Sunday and you serve on your own. By the way, thank you, serve team. Let's give the serve team a round of applause. Everybody that's serving all of our our media team, ushers, lobby hosts, security team, intercessory prayer, all of our, our kids' life and nursery workers, what a blessing. All of the youth uh, leadership team, what a blessing. Worship team, come on, man. Isn't it a blessing to have a serve team, worship team that takes us into the third heaven like that, amen? So serving because you want to, obeying the Lord because you want to, not because you have to. So that's just an overview, but here are a few specific things we see in this passage of Scripture that we can apply to our lives about serving the Lord. This morning, I want to give you three ways to remain solid in serving the Lord. How do you remain solid? You stay solid on solid ground. You stay steady, steadfast in serving the Lord. Well, number one, we see you must be decisive about serving the Lord. 
Joshua 24, 4 and 16 and verse 18. Let's read it again. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. Put away forever your idols, your ancestors worship when they lived beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you refuse to serve the Lord, here it is. He's given him a choice. Then choose today whom you will serve. And he says, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors that, that was beyond the Euphrates or will it be the gods of the Amorites? He's given them options here. Would you, what, what, what do you want to do? You got to make a decision here. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. He's, he's telling them, this is my decision. I'm being decisive here. But the people were pride. We would never abandon the Lord, our God, and serve other gods. So we too, here we go. We too will serve the Lord for he alone is God. See, Joshua made it clear that the people of Israel had to be decisive about serving the Lord, the God of Israel. There could be no neutrality. You can't be neutral. The thing about serving the Lord is you can't have one foot on one side of the fence and one foot on the other side. He says, make a choice. Be decisive who you will serve. Is it going to be false gods or will it be the Lord? Now, the people responded emphatically. They showed their determination to follow Joshua's lead in serving the Lord. Let me, let me read the definition of decisive. It's characterized by or displaying no or little hesitation. It's being resolute and determined. See, I was going to just say make a decision to serve the Lord, but I believe it, it's more than that. It's not that simple. You see... Making a decision is a good place to start, right? He says, choose this day. Okay, you make a decision. Okay, I checked off this box. I will serve the Lord. But I believe it goes beyond that. Being decisive is saying, I will serve the Lord and I'm all in. I'm all in. I'm, it's not, I'm just making a choice today, but tomorrow or next week or next month. I'm going to see how 2020 has been crazy. So I'm going to see how 2021 turns out and I'll make another decision. No, 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 no. It's saying being decisive is like, this is it. I'm all in, no matter what. You start with making a decision, but you must have a resolve and a determination that you will serve the Lord the rest of your life, no matter what happens. No matter what comes or what goes, what happens, you will serve the Lord. You know, we see it very often, especially in church and in ministry. People start serving the Lord, and they are. They're in. They made a decision. They're serving God. But when life gets tough, they they fall away. When life gets hard, they fall away. I say it often, and a lot of you know this, but we've seen it time and time again, especially in ministry. When life gets hard, when tragedy strikes, people either draw closer to the Lord or they fall away from Him. You have to be decisive. You have to know that no matter what, I'm going to serve the Lord. You know, as we prayed for Ms. Geraldine and I asked Jack permission to even share this, I just was thinking about her this week as I was preparing. You know, and, and, and as I got to spend just a little bit of time with Jack and his sister Pam uh, this week, I, I spoke with them for a few minutes. They were here to meet with Pastor Ty. By the way, he's going to be doing the service uh, in a couple of weeks. And, um, you know, we're just beginning to talk, and I knew some of her story, and I shared it. I actually used her a couple of weeks ago. Some of you might have known. I didn't get permission, so I didn't say her name. But, you know, younger in life, she got in a car accident, and two of her children died in the car with her. So early on in life, she lost two children. Or two children died. Again, I don't like to use that word lost. Like, we didn't lose Miss Geraldine. If you lose something, you don't know where it's at. We didn't lose her, amen? She's in. The, she's with the Lord. She's in heaven. We know where she is, right? We're going to see Miss Geraldine again, you know? And so, um, but you know, after that, about 10 years later, her husband passes away. So now she's lost two of her children. A decade later, her husband passes away. 
And she's still faithfully serving the Lord. She's, if you knew Miss Geraldine, every time you talked to, and she talked about this, she always was like, you know what? I just want God to get glorified. I've been able to help so many people sharing my story about my children and then, and then her husband. And then she, she gets cancer in this year and, and she really, you know, had a hard time. If you know, you might have seen her here with a mask on. She was going through chemo. But you know, the thing about Miss Geraldine is she never, ever once stopped serving the Lord. Isn't that right, Jack? She never, if you know her, if you knew her, she served the Lord to her last breath. Amen. Matter of fact, Pastor Ty was saying, and I didn't, if you don't mind me sharing this, Pastor Ty, about you praying. We were actually at Pastor's University, and, and Pastor Todd got a phone call, and he's praying with Ms. Geraldine. He's praying over and whatnot, and told me it was her, so I'm just kind of off to the side praying. And he told me later, man, after he prayed, Ms. Geraldine started praying. Pastor Todd said she prayed longer than I did. Amen. That was the kind of lady she was, right? She's, she's going through chemo. She's, she's suffering in her body, but she's, she's seeking after God. She's still serving the Lord and she served the Lord until her last breath. Amen. Miss Geraldine is a great example of being decisive. No matter what, she went through so much tragedy. And I know there's many others in here. I think about my mom. I told Jack and Pam, Miss Geraldine reminds me a lot of my mom. Another faithful woman of God that as well lost a child, her husband, and came down with cancer and suffered till the end. But these mighty women of God, and I know we know mighty men of God that has been a part of our fellowship that did the same. Amen? You know, but the other side of it is, that some people start serving the Lord when their life's in shambles. But then when things start getting good, they go away. That's the other side of it too. You know, what's often said, when you get to the end of yourself, you come to the beginning of Jesus. And it's true. A lot of people, they like, man, I have nowhere else to turn. I'm going to the Lord. Lord, would you help me pull me out of this, this ditch that I'm in? The Lord delivers them, pulls them out. Things are good. They're on the mountain. And they make a decision to stop serving the Lord. We have to be decisive, church, that we're going to serve the Lord no matter what happens, what comes, uh, how many storms, both natural, physical, emotional, or relational happen in our life. We're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Amen. Number two, determine, which is it's like a first cousin, but number two, determine not to get distracted from serving the Lord. Look at Joshua 24, 14 and 15. So fear the Lord and serve him wholeheartedly. He goes on. We just read this quite a few times, and, but I want to read it again. Put away the idols your ancestors worshipped when they lived beyond the Euphrates River in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. And then he goes on to say, if you refuse to serve the Lord and choose this day, would you prefer the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? Again, let's look at this. Even after, why did he tell them this? He again tells them their decision. Even after the great experience of the Exodus, right? Now this is, this is, they were children at the time. Cause if you remember, now he's talking to the next generation of Israelites, but they were children and the Bible says they had personally experienced all that the Lord had done. Even after that, some of the Jews were still sacrificing to the gods of Egypt. And that's why this is farewell speech. He's like, I'm about to go be with the Lord and Moses and all them. And so he was warning them, listen, I know you're still fooling around with other gods. You're getting distracted. He knew that these gods would only distract them away from the Lord. See, Joshua knew it was easy for people to promise obedience to the Lord, but it was quite something else for them to actually do it. I figured it'd get quiet in that moment because it's the same today. Again, sadly, I've seen a lot of people declare their allegiance and that they would serve Jesus. But doing, saying and doing, we all know are two different things, right? 
It's easy to say, I'm going to serve the Lord in church. But when you get to work on Monday morning and all hell breaks loose, or you get back home that afternoon, let me say, and things are hard and tragedy strikes or whatnot, or you get to the mountaintop, will you serve the Lord? See, his stern words were meant to curve their overconfidence and make them look honestly at their own hearts. So as I'm saying this today, be decisive, make a decision, be determined. Let me put this in the mix. Humbly be decisive. Have a humble determination that, Lord, only with your help can I continue to serve you. Holy Spirit, I want to serve you. I'm making a decision. I'm being decisive today, but I come to you humbly because I don't want to be overconfident. Like, man, I got this. Because you know what? When you think you got this, a lot of times it got you. See, Jacob had given the same warning to his family in Genesis 35, and the prophet Samuel would give the same warning in his day in 1 Samuel chapter 7. And I want to encourage you and give you the same warning today. You see, encouragement is not always at a boy doing a good job. You can encourage somebody with a warning. You can, we can encourage one another to, to live holy. And I'm encouraging you with a warning to not get distracted from serving the Lord. Because we know there are a lot of things that can distract us from serving the Lord. Right as I say that, a phone's ringing. That's a great unplanned illustration right there, right? Right? Just those cell phones enough today is enough to distract you, to distract us. You ever try to have your quiet time and on your, you may be reading the version Bible or you're worshiping on your phone and a text pops up or something. Listen, there's a great feature on your iPhone. It's called airplane mode. You can still play your music. And if you got certain versions, you can still download versions and you can still use your phone and your electronics without getting distracted. You can't serve the Lord. Well, let me say you can't spend good time with the Lord while you're checking texts and emails. It, it don't work. You know how I know? I have personal experience. It ain't going to happen, right? Well, let me just respond just real quick. Okay, Jesus, come. I'm like, why am I not feeling the presence of the Lord, right? We have so many distractions, and that was an unplanned illustration again. But listen, even to the, the major things of life, relationships, work, routines, deadlines, and the deadliest one is just straight-up busyness. In the day and age of our busyness, we get so distracted from serving the Lord. Relationships are good, right? Amen. We need relationships. God created us. We're in community. Matter of fact, we launch in life groups today. You see the kiosk in the lobby. We need we need to encourage you to get in relationship. Jump in a life group. The leaders are walking around with lanyards. Go on our website. You need community. I believe I'm going to be talking about that in a few weeks. I just want to encourage you. We need that. You got to go to work, right? Amen. Right? We we got to eat. We like we got to wear. We have clothes and food and 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 vehicles to drive and lights to turn on, right? We got to do those things. But those things that are good and that we have to do every day can become a distraction in our lives. This story always blows my mind as I was studying again. Even you can even get distracted by working for the Lord. You can get distracted from serving the Lord by doing a lot of work and staying busy for the Lord. What do I mean? Let's look at Luke 10, 38 and 42. Some of you are familiar with this scripture. Some of you may not be. Great illustration. Great story. Luke 10, 38, as Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed them into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But watch this. But Martha was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing 
She was preparing this dinner for Jesus. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here while I do all the work? Lord, I'm working for you. I'm, 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 I'm staying busy here. I'm working. I'm preparing you a good meal. It's unfair. My sister's just sitting there. Tell her to come and help me. You know, it never works out good when you tell God to tell him to do something. That just, that, you know, right there, this is not, you know, tell her to come help me. But the Lord said to her, and I love the Lord's response, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There's only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it and it will not be taken away from her. Listen, part of serving the Lord is serving. Like, of course, we have a serve team. We encourage you to serve, encourage you to find your purpose, make a difference. That's part of it. But, you know, serving the Lord is not just doing work for the Lord. It's not just being busy. If, if, if this scripture doesn't show you that plainly, right? She was distracted from the Lord himself by working for the Lord. Let me say that again. She was distracted from the Lord himself by trying to work for the Lord. Now, there's a, there's a, you can do both. We're called to do both. But remember I said earlier, serving the Lord means to love him and fix your heart on him. See, this is what Mary was doing, and Jesus said this is the main thing. What does it mean to serve the Lord? It's that you seek the Lord. You sit at his feet. You worship in his presence. That's why I just wanted to linger this morning. It's like, oh, man, God invaded this place. There's a powerful presence in here, and I want to keep on blessing him, singing, worshiping, amen. You know, and so serving the Lord, we can get distracted by actually doing work, doing a lot of good things for him, but not staying connected with him, amen? Loving and fixing your heart on him and, and, and putting your attention on God should be the main focus, as I said, in serving the Lord. Look what Proverbs 23, 19 says. I love this. My child, listen and be wise. Keep your heart on the right course. I love that. Keep your heart. Remember, serving the Lord is about having a heart after God. Seeking God with your heart. The Bible says keep your heart on the right course. You know, people also get distracted with, those are things we, we need to do, necessity, relationships, work. But people all go, oh, also get distracted with, and this is the first one's a necessity, money, hobby, politics, are modern-day idols. Money, hobbies, politics are modern-day idols. You know, all of these things, again, except for the idols, of course, every idol is horrible. Um, but in itself could not be bad. I, I, I love to have fun. Y'all know me. Y'all know I love to hunt and fish and do these things. And, you know, that's great. We, we need money, right? The, 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 the Bible does not say money is the root of all evil. It says the love of money is the root of all sorts of evil. So we need money to live, but money can become a distraction. I believe God wants us to enjoy life. I heard one man of God said recreation is to recreate. God wants us to enjoy how he designed us and things we like to do to relax and have fun and all of that. Whatever, if you're into politics, you know what, that's, you know, God bless you. But uh, you can, it's, it's not my thing, you know, I vote and I, I encourage everybody else to go out and vote, you know, this year. But don't get distracted by that. I'm going to just go ahead and say this. Don't put too much, don't put more attention on your political party than you do serving the Lord. Just go ahead and say that today. Amen. <laughs> Especially in an election year, you can get easily distracted from serving the Lord. You know, as I was reading, you know, Pastor Larry Stocksdale there, he recently wrote about the state of our country, and he said this, We have lost awareness of how far we have drifted from God as a nation. We have ignored his word. We have grieved his spirit. We have mocked his son. 
We have replaced him with the gods of materialism and entertainment. The source of all our drifting away from God is our preoccupation with self and unconcern for our neighbor. Listen to this. In this critical moment, we must turn our hearts away from the distractions and back to the divine. We need to turn away from distractions and back to the divine. And this was what uh, a big part of what the return was yesterday, right? Was returning, saying, Lord, we repent from being distracted or getting caught up in modern day idols. We are returning our lives, our hearts, and our focus back to you. First Corinthians 7.35 says, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. If you get one scripture out of this point, write that one down right there. Paul tells the Corinthians, I want you to do whatever you can to serve the Lord best with as few distractions as possible. As we continue on, church, we're going to just get more and more distractions, right? With just technology alone, there's so many things that will easily come and pop up uh, and distract us literally and figuratively. More now than ever, we must be determined not to be distracted, but be devoted to serving the Lord. Amen? So number one, be decisive in serving the Lord. Number two, determine not to get distracted. And number three, remain devoted to serving the Lord. Again, these are all close cousins. Remain devoted to serving the Lord. Joshua 24, 31. The people of Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him. Those who personally experienced all the Lord had done for Israel. See, Joshua's legacy was so strong that Israel remained faithful to serve the Lord even throughout the lifetime of the elders who outlived him. His legacy, you know, talking about Miss Geraldine's legacy. Legacy, man, is, is, is the most powerful thing you can leave, is your legacy. And what, how you raised your children and your grandchildren, how you, how you discipled people, and that would you leave your legacy, because that's something that's going to go on. When you take your last breath, your legacy is going to continue. Your legacy and what you planted, those seeds you planted and watered. And then you remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about, you know, being an example to the next generation. As we're an example to the next generation, our legacy continues through them. We must remain faithful. Just as a husband and wife remain faithfully devoted, devoted to one another in marriage, we need to be faithfully devoted to the Lord and guard our hearts so we remain devoted. See, we make a decision. We, we're decisive. We're, we're not going to get distracted, but remain devoted. Right. We're called the bride of Christ. And if you knew you look all through the Old Testament, the Lord always likens idolatry to adultery. Every time that the, the, the Israelites worshiped an idol or were worshiping, he was saying they were being unfaithful to him and they were committing spiritual adultery. It's a great picture. So just as if you're married in here and you remain faithful to your wife or your husband, we and, de and devoted to only that that person, your, your, your spouse, your mate. We must do the same. How do you do it? By guarding your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart. Guard, guard the inner being. That word heart, and the Jewish people looked at the heart as your inner being, your emotions, your mind, your the, the, the things that control you. Guard your heart above all else. How do we remain devoted to the Lord? Well, 1 Corinthians 12, 5 says, we serve the Lord in many different ways, but all of us serve the same Lord. Of course, I can do a whole other message on ways to serve the Lord, but I'm just going to give you a few. I want to start out with this. Every time I read this story about this man of God in the Old Testament in 2 Kings, uh, it's a great picture. In 2 Kings, there's a man named Jehu, and he was serving the Lord by fulfilling a prophecy 
from the prophet Elijah about King Ahab's family that was going to be wiped out. If you, if you read through Kings, you see King Ahab and Jezebel. A lot of y'all familiar with Jezebel. They were wicked kings and a, a wicked, uh, you know, queen. They did all kind of evil and whatnot. And, and, and during their time, the Lord prophesied, uh, through Elijah that they would not only be killed, but their whole family would be wiped out. So now they had both been killed and Jehu is, 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 is serving the Lord and he's going about that and he's in a chariot and he's riding along and he's taking people out that need to be taken out, asking people if they was going to join them. And I love this verse in 2 Kings 10, 16. Then Jehu said, now come with me and see how devoted I am to the Lord. He said, I'm going to show you by my actions that I'm devoted to him. You know, again, let's go back to our spouses. You know, we can tell our wives or our husband we, we love them as much as we want. But I don't know about you, but when you show your wife you love them, you show your spouse you love them. You do things and say, look, I'm devoted to you and I'm going to show you. So in this situation, his actions prove his devotion to God. So here's just a few ways as we wrap things up, a few ways that you can devote yourself to serving the Lord. I mentioned one of them. First, stay reverent of God. Stay reverent. Psalm 2, 11 says, serve the Lord with reverential awe and rejoice with trembling. You remember I said that? Let's be in awe of God. Let's have reverence of God and, and understand his majesty, how awesome he is, how glorious he is, that he created the heavens and earth, the sea and everything in them. Y'all, we, we serve the God of gods, the king of kings. We must be in awe, serve him with reverence and in awe. The second thing is serve the Lord with the right heart. Psalm 100 and verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness and delight, delight. Not delight, that's my Cajun uh, interpretation of that. Delight, I'm thinking about some ladies here in the church. They said they get a kick out of me because they're from up north and my accent and how I pronounce things. Serve the Lord with gladness and delight. Come before his presence with joyful singing. Do you remember earlier I said we serve the Lord because we want to, not because we have to? Lord, I'm going to serve you because I know I got to because I want to go to heaven. and uh, You know, like, no, Lord, we want to. You do it with gladness and delight. It's a joy. It's, you know, ultimately, it's a privilege to serve the Lord. It's a privilege to serve God. Amen. It's a privilege. We must serve him with gladness and delight. And the third thing, we do serve the Lord by serving others. You remember earlier I said, you know, we don't want to get caught up and distracted if you're just serving God but not connected with God. But Jesus makes it clear that we do serve God by serving others, by serving other people. Matthew 25 and 40 Jesus has given uh, um, uh, an illustration, a story, and he says, then the king will answer, the truth is, anything you did for any of my people here, you will also, you did for me. You see that? So when we do serve people, when we help people, we are serving the Lord as well. This was Jesus talking about his response to people on the day of judgment. So as we close, just to recap, I want to encourage you, as we close out this, this sermon and this series, I want to encourage you, make a decision today. Are you going to be decisive in serving the Lord? As for me and my house, amen? As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That was one of the first plaques that my, my mom gave me and Cassie whenever we got married, right? How many of y'all had, had Joshua 24 uh, hanging on your, in your house? Maybe still do. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Determined not to get distracted from the Lord. Remember, from serving the Lord. Remember, we can't do this on our own. We need the Holy Spirit's help. So much that can distract us. Make sure that you're focusing on serving him. And remain devoted to serving the Lord. You know, I didn't even give any benefits of serving the Lord. But this morning in my devotional reading, my daily reading time, I, I was reminded of one of them. And a lot of us quote the scripture, but there, there's a key to it right here. 
Isaiah 54, 17 says, but in that coming day, no weapon turned against you will succeed. Amen. Most translations say no weapon formed against you shall prosper. You will silence every voice raised against to accuse you. How many of y'all like that? People try to accuse you. Says, hey, you'll silence it. But listen, it says these benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Not everybody can claim this scripture. You got to be serving the Lord to speak that no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And that any anybody that accuses me, this is a benefit, the Bible says, are enjoyed. Remember, it's a joy to serve the Lord. Their vindication will come from me. I, the Lord, have spoken. So as we close, my question to you is, are you a servant of the Lord? Are you serving the Lord? You know, being a servant starts with being saved. Look at Hebrews 9, 13 and 14. Last scripture, and we're going to pray. According to the law of Moses, those people who became unclean were not fit to worship God. He was talking about Old Testament here. He's going back to the Old Testament, applying it to, to, to the New Testament church. Yet they will be considered clean, or they will be considered clean, if they are sprinkled with the blood of bulls and goats and with the ashes of a sacrificed calf. That's how they got forgiven of their sin. They had to, could you imagine we still had to do that? You ever just been around cows and calves and stuff? Imagine if you had to come to church and like, I sinned today. Okay, let, let me sprinkle some cattle blood on you and then you're going to be good to go, right? There'd be a lot of people have to go buy new clothes every Sunday, right? Aren't you glad we don't have to do that anymore? What a blessing. But this was a picture of what was to come because he says this, but Christ was sinless and he offered himself as an eternal and spiritual sacrifice to God. That's why his blood is much more powerful and makes our consciences clean. Now listen, he says now, this is the key word. Now we can serve the living God and no longer do things that lead to death. You can't be a servant of God until you're saved. Would you bow your head with me? Even at home, if you tuned in online, every head bowed, every eye closed. I'm going to ask you the same question that Joshua asked in his farewell speech. Whom will you serve? Have you made a decision? Have it been decisive to serve the Lord? Are you a servant of God? Maybe you're not serving God because you haven't been saved yet. Maybe there's still sin in your life that you've never asked the Lord to forgive you of. Thank God we don't have to be sprinkled with the blood of animals because Jesus Christ died on the cross, shed his blood for us so our sins can be forgiven. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, even at home, I can't see you, but the Lord can. Just so you're not distracted. This is why I do this. So you're not distracted. If you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm a servant of God. If I'm right with God, I, but I want to be. I want to be saved today. The Bible says that the wages of sin is death, but that the free gift of life is the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. So he died on the cross to pay for our wages, to pay our sin debt so we can spend eternity with him. So, so you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right with God, but I want to be. I want to start serving him today. If that's you, I want you to just slip up your hand, and I want to pray for you. Sir, I see your hand. Ma'am, hands going up over here, in the back over here. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Hands going up. Thank you, Lord. I see over here to my left. Hands still going up. Thank you, Lord. In the back, sir, I see you. Thank you. God bless you. Come on. Today is a big day. You're making a decision to the right right here, these ladies. God bless y'all. You're making a decision today that you're serving the Lord. Well, the Bible makes it clear. He says, if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So just pray something similar to this. Just say, Lord Jesus, come on. We're going to all pray it together. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. 
Thank you for dying for me. Lord, I know I've sinned. And I ask that you would forgive me of my sins. I make you my Lord and Savior. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to serve you all the days of my life. I make a decision. I want to be decisive. Help me, Lord, not to get distracted, but to remain faithful and devoted to serving you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate with these this morning. Thank you, Lord. God bless y'all. God bless y'all. This is the best decision you'll ever make in your life. Come on, why don't you go ahead and stand up. And if you prayed that prayer for the first time, there's a card in the pew in front of you. Fill it out. Bring it to the info center. We got a Bible for you. We want to pray for you this week. And for the rest of you, I want to continue to encourage you to go forth and serve the Lord. And I believe that we're going to continue to see God do great things in us and through us. Amen. Let me pray a blessing over you. Father, I thank you for these today, our brothers and sisters. And I just pray, Lord God, that we would serve you in a, in a true, full-hearted, not distracted and devoted way. Thank you, Lord, that next is now. We're not going to wait for tomorrow, the next thing that's coming up, but we're looking at what you're doing right now, Lord, in us and through us. I pray your blessing, grace, peace, and provision be upon these as they go today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless y'all. We love y'all. you need prayer for anything, we'll be up here for you. Have a great day.